You are listening to a weekend message from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you, so find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. All right, today we're finishing up our Advent uh, calendar. This is the last Sunday of Advent, and we started several weeks ago uh, talking about how Jesus... uh, We celebrate Jesus. He is the greatest gift. And at Christmas, the greatest gift any of us have ever received is Jesus. And with Jesus, he uh, brings himself, but he also brings other gifts for us and for those who believe. And so the first week we talked about the hope that Jesus brings. And if you've been uh, following along in the Advent Guide, you know that he brought many gifts, hope and love and peace and joy. And so today we're going to talk about the gift of peace that Christ brings at Christmas. So I'm going to read out of Isaiah uh, 9-6. We read this every year around Christmas time. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we're going to talk about that today. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for every person that is in this place. God, I just ask, uh, Lord, that you would, for anyone that needs peace today, uh, let your Holy Spirit come and just fill this place with hope, with love, with joy, and and peace, especially during this season. Let my heart be open to hear your voice as we read your word this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You ever have one of those weeks that's like the everything week, like everything in your life kind of uh, collapses into one week. You have to do laundry this week. You have to pay the bills this week. The kids have a basketball game this week. Uh, One of the kids is in a band concert this week. Um, You have uh, a meeting at work that's coming up. You have a couple of Christmas parties to go to. And then uh, the church schedules all the kids to to sing on Sunday, so you got to come there at the service on Sunday morning to watch the kids. And everything kind of coincides into one week where there's just nothing but nonstop go, go, go. And by the end of that week, every time I get to the end of the week, all I really want to do, I want to sit on the couch, I want a box of donuts, and I want to watch Shark Tank. And that's it. Like, I don't want to do anything else. Everybody, leave me alone. Uh, every time I have a week like that, I tell Jessica, and this is the truth, I tell Jessica, I said, Jessica, I should have been a cowboy. And I think about what it would be like to be, like, you ask her, it's the truth. I go and I look up cowboy boots, I look up cowboy hats, and I think about, man, it would be great to be a cowboy. I know it's hard work being on a ranch and all that stuff, but I think it's because of that song that we learned in middle school, Home on the Range. Y'all remember that song? I don't know why they taught us that song, but everybody seems to know that song. Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the 
Y'all, good job, man. Give yourselves a hand for that. That's good. I don't know what they did, why they were trying to brainwash middle school America and wanting to live on the range. But I wanted to be on the range, man. I wanted to see a deer and an antelope play. I ain't ever seen that before. And no discouraging words. And the skies aren't cloudy all day. Like, put me out there. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. Y'all know that song, okay? This is something that I, I think about, you know, and there are some people that they want to get away from the hustle and the bustle of everyday life and everything that's happening. One of the things that people want so bad is to find some peace and quiet. And I saw some I saw a picture this week. Somebody took it to the extreme. You know there's a story that goes along with this. But somewhere, somebody, some guy said, you know what? I'm done. I'm living me a house on an island. And ain't nobody getting there but me. And he lived all of his days on that porch until he ran out of food and water. You know that's how it happened. There is a story with that. The truth is, a lot of time and a lot of money is spent in this world chasing after peace. And it may be the most elusive thing in the world today, every day, every hour, every minute, every time you check the news or turn on TV, they give you another reason why you shouldn't really have that much peace. I read my Bible in the morning and then I get on and read the news every day. And I tell you, it's very rare that I ever get on there and the big headlines are something good has happened, especially for the last couple of years. They talk about every reason in the world why you should live scared, why the new this, the new that. There's wars happening. There's rumors of wars happening. You look what's happening over in Europe, and you say, my goodness. Everything you look at gives you a reason to not live in peace. But as Christians, we read this every year about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. We just read it today. Until a child is born, a son is given, he's going to be all these things, and his name shall be called all these things. And the last one is that, Prince of Peace. And when the angel appeared to the shepherds, and we read that part, and he's, he, he tells the shepherds, a child has been born. In, in Luke 2, 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among all those with whom he is pleased. So if you're like me, and you read all the promises of peace in the world, you ask this question, where is the peace? If Jesus came to bring peace, then where is it? Because I don't see peace. In fact, many um, of the rabbis that I I was reading this week about uh, their view on the Messiah, And one of the reasons that uh, many of them believe that Jesus is not the Messiah is because there is no peace in the world. And I was reading a quote by one of these rabbis, and he said, if Jesus was the Messiah, you would have known that from reading the newspapers, because the front page would be about peace instead of war. In fact, I think many people struggle to believe in God today because of this very thing. If there is a God, then why is there so much stuff happening in the world? Like, if there is a God, why doesn't he snap his fingers and bring peace to the whole world? Stop the killing. Stop the 
everything. Where is the peace? You may wonder the same thing this Christmas. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's coming, he's the Messiah, then why are there wars? Why are there shootings? Why are there earthquakes shaking and tornadoes destroying and volcanoes erupting? Why can't I rest when I put my head on my pillow at night? Why am I up with anxiety and worry about things happening at work or things not even happening or things happening in my home or my family? Where is the peace? There's supposed to be peace. Several years ago, when me and Jess were shopping for our first home, we went into this house, and we, we both loved it. And Jessica was all of the, oh, I like this house. This is a great house. We're going to start painting. We're going to paint. This wall's going to be this color, and this is where the dog's going to sleep, and this is where the kids are going to sleep, and this is where, and you're going to rip up the carpet, and you're going to redo all this. And I'm just shaking my head like, okay, all right. So we made an offer on a house, and they accepted the offer. And we'd never done this before, but then the inspector called, uh, and said, hey, I've got some news. I need you to come over to the house. It's like, okay, sure, why not? So we went over to the house. He's like, this isn't good news. This is bad news. There's a crack in the middle of the foundation. And actually, the house is, uh, I mean, I told you, we would gain several square feet over the years as the house <laughs> moved apart, you know. We have all kinds of brand new land right there. Because the foundation was cracked down the middle and the house was moving apart. And listen to me, a lot of times in life, we have to make sure that the foundation of what we're believing is good so that we can build on that. And sometimes we have some misconceptions and misbeliefs about things and it, it gives us a bad foundation. So if the foundation isn't solid, then we have to rework the foundation until it's solid. Then we can build on that. And so how we believe about peace and what we believe about peace and what we think peace even is, we have to have a biblical foundation for what our definition of peace is. Sometimes I think uh, people think that peace is just a sense of calm and quiet and contentment and good feeling that comes from everything going just fine. Like nothing to worry about, all is well. And when everything is well, then I have peace. Some people think that peace is sitting on a beach somewhere, listening to the, the waves with a, a can of Big Red in their hand, and uh, Bob Marley singing Three Little Birds, you know, don't worry about a thing, every little thing. It's going to be all right. Y'all know this song? That's like what peace is for a lot of people. People think that peace is just the absence of conflict. If nobody's fighting in my house tonight, that's good enough for me. That's peace. I'll take it, right? Some of y'all, if you've if you got little kids, and then uh, a Friday night where the kids are in bed by 7.30 and there's not another peep in the house the rest of the night, like that is peace. And I'll sign up for that one, right? Like I'm all in. Let's go. 7.30 bedtime. I'm with you. In fact, a lot of those things sound peaceful and, frankly, kind of amazing, right? Like, I, I would love all of that stuff. The problem with that piece, okay, is that that piece is easily broken. Like, you put the kids in bed 7.30 on Friday night, right? And you get sit down on the couch, and about 8.15, you hear somebody scream out, 
There goes your peace for the rest of the night. It's over, right? Uh, peace like that is like a uh, glass Christmas ornament. How many of you go, still put glass ornaments on your tree? God bless you, you brave people. We have a few that we're holding on to as long as we can, but every year when we open the box up, another one is broken. I think we're about five years out from being extinct on glass ornaments because they're, they're easily broken. All it takes is you to sneeze at the tree the wrong way. It's going to end up in a million pieces all over the floor, right? That's how that type of peace is. That's not the type of peace that the Prince of Peace brings. The Prince of Peace brings a peace that's not easily broken. In fact, when fully trusting in Jesus, it's not breakable at all. I want you to look at this in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. I think Paul gives us a good picture of peace, what it is, how we define it, who it comes from. Uh, Paul's writing a letter to a group of Christians that are facing difficult circumstances. They're facing persecution and tribulations and trials. And as he's ending his letter, he ends with this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. What we're going to do is hang out on this passage a little bit, and I'm just going to walk through it little bit by little bit so you can kind of, we can all have the same foundation of what peace is, all right? The first thing, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing to notice is God himself is peace. That's how he starts it. Now, may the Lord of peace himself. Paul says that's the first thing you need to know is that God is peace. Now, we know a lot about God and who he is and what he, we know that God is love and we love that. It's wonderful. God is gracious and he's merciful. We know a lot about his character and his attributes and who God is. But the Bible says that God is peace, that he himself is peace. That means that God has never once ever been worried, ever. He's never anxious. He's never in a rush. He's never behind. He's always right on time. He's always in control. He's always got a plan and nothing can throw his plans into chaos. The Bible says that he is perfect peace. Perfect peace. Jesus is peace. And you can write this down. Peace is not psychology. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And so if God is peace, he defined it, he created it, he himself is it, it's who he is, then the only path to true lasting peace is through him and in him. And you may say, well, I know a bunch of people that aren't Christians and their lives are peaceful. And I would tell you, that's probably true. I mean, I would say I know people that aren't followers of Jesus and they figured out how to live a life that is a peaceful life where they don't seem to be stressed out or worried. They don't have a lot of anxiety. They've learned to cope with a lot of different things. They have all sorts of ways uh, that they've built their life in order to maximize peace and minimize stress and worry. But I will tell you this. 
ultimately, their peace is a peace that won't last because a peace without Christ is only temporary. It won't stand the test of eternity. And that is the most important test of all. They can live their life every day running after and chasing peace. And they may achieve some of it in this life, but at the end of their life, they will stand before Jesus. And the Bible says that we exist in one of two ways, and that's it. We exist at war with God or at peace with God. And the only way that we have peace with God, the Bible says in Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, who? Jesus Christ. And that's the only way. So yes, people live lives that are peaceful, but the ultimate peace that lasts forever, that's eternal, that doesn't break, that is secure, there's only one, and it's through Jesus. There is no peace apart from a heart that is submitted to Christ. So the first thing is God himself is peace. The second is this. Peace is a gift. Who still has gifts left to buy? Like you're not done shopping yet. We're running out of time, folks. I'll tell you that. I've only bought one Christmas present, I think, which I know makes Jessica pretty worried. I'll get it done. I promise I, I will. I just... Yesterday, I knew I should have gone, like, but Rogers Avenue on Saturday before Christmas, like, you got to be in a different headspace to take that on, right? Like, I have to think all week and get up and listen to motivational tapes to get me going so I can get on that street. I just couldn't do it, but I'll, I'll sort it out, babe. I, I promise, okay? There's, there's something that you can't buy for Christmas this year, and it's peace. It's not for sale not real peace. There's things that act like peace for a little bit. You can buy a bottle of something. If you drink it, you'll have a little bit of peace for a little while. There are pills that you can take that'll give you a little bit of peace for a little while, but true peace that lasts forever, it's not for sale. You can't wrap it up and put it under a tree. You can only get it as a gift from God. In 2 Thessalonians, back to this verse, now may the Lord of peace himself, God is peace, Give you peace. He's not only peace, but he gifts it to us. When we trust God, when we follow Jesus, we get all kinds of gifts. New life, we're given new hope. And one of the gifts that he gives is peace to carry with us all the days of our life. He even said it himself. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Look at that. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Like he gives real peace, authentic peace, not the counterfeit thing that lasts for a little bit. He gives it to us and it's eternal. God does not give us Dr. Thunder, he gives us Dr. Pepper, okay? He gives us the real stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like the actual thing, not the counterfeit. During World War II, there was a group of American soldiers fighting German soldiers, and they were exchanging fire at this farmhouse. 
And there was a family that lived at the house. When the shooting started, the family had to run to their barn for safety, and the mom was holding the little girl's hand. She was three years old, and she's running to the barn, but the girl was so scared, she pulled away from her mom and ran into the field in between the American forces and the German forces. And when both sides saw the little girl, for a moment, they stopped firing. Everyone stopped, and it went from a battlefield to calm until the little girl ran across to safety. This little girl came onto this scene, and she gave them peace. No one else could do it. She gave them peace, and it lasted for a few minutes, only from this little child. Jesus was born, sent to earth as a child, as a baby, but he gives a peace that's eternal and lasts forever. He is a giver of peace. The last thing is this. Peace isn't circumstantial. Peace is spiritual. If peace were circumstantial, if it were just dictated by what was going on, then Paul wouldn't pray for them to have peace in every circumstance and everything. He would pray just for their circumstances to change. Like when I pray, over the years, many times, I pray for my circumstances. God, please change this situation because it's messed up. And it's okay to do that. I want you to know it's good. If you're in a difficult situation or tough circumstances, it's good to pray in the middle of that, that God would move and make a way for you out of it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I am saying this. Your circumstances do not dictate your peace. Your peace and my peace should come from heaven. And so often we only think about the middle of the mess that we're in. If I had a better job, then I would just get some more peace. If I had a better house, oh, I would have a place to stretch out my legs, a place for a hammock, and then I'd get some good peace and quiet. If I had a better car, if I had a better this, if I could go on a better vacation, then I would just have more peace. But the Bible says that we would have peace in every situation. He said that peace at all times in every way. And we look at Jesus who models this so well. And Jesus didn't let the circumstances dictate his peace. He is peace. So you see in Mark 4, he's asleep on the boat. And it says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? I would have been in there. I would have been in their shoes. Do you not care? Like this boat's going down. I would have had my, my uh, life jacket on. I would have been in that lifeboat with the oars just ready to go. When that thing was going to sink, I was on that thing. Like, let me off of this boat. This is a time where everybody on that boat is panicked. And where's Jesus? He's asleep. He's not worried about it at all. Why? Because the circumstances don't dictate his response. He's got peace. He is peace. Mark 5, another story where when they came to him, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. 
And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. There's a little girl and she passed away. And when Jesus shows up to the scene, everybody says, it's too late. You're too late to do anything about this. And imagine if you were in that house, you would be responding just like them crying and wailing and devastated and broken. And the situation would say, Jesus should come in and be like, oh no, oh no. <sighs> broken, crying, torn up. Oh, I'm late, I missed it. And what does he do? The situation did not determine his response. The situation, the circumstances didn't dictate the level of peace that he had. He came in and said, why are you crying? She's just asleep. And he said, hey, little girl, get up. And what did she do? She got up. Jesus is peace. Yeah. Last night, I was at this candlelight rehearsal, and I was uh, listening to them. We do this every year. We, spoiler alert, we're going to sing Silent Night at candlelight. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the surprise, but there it is, okay? And we do it every year as we light the candles, and um, I love it. I love the song, I love it. and I was listening to him sing it last night. It's beautiful. Silent night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And I heard those words, all is calm, all is bright. And I thought, maybe not for some of you. Maybe all isn't calm. Maybe all isn't bright. There are going to be people I know without a shadow of a doubt that come and light a candle and their life is anything but calm and bright. Sometimes it's chaotic, messy. Some, sometimes it's a dark season. It's a not so silent night. I want to read this to you out of Isaiah 26.3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I think even if you're going through one of those not so silent nights where everything's not so calm, everything's not so bright, when we keep our eyes on Jesus. It doesn't mean that all the situations work out in our favor. It means that no matter what the situation, he promises to keep us in perfect peace when our eyes are on him. That means the good things can happen, the bad things can happen, the circumstances don't dictate the level of peace in my heart because I know that in Christ, I am his and I will be with him forever and he sees me and he cares about me and he knows my situation and he's not worried one bit about it. And he promises us that as our eyes stay on him, he will give us peace. And so 
If you're here today and you say, I'm in one of those not-so-silent nights, um, I just want to encourage you in that, to keep your eyes on Jesus, to trust in him, and look for the peace that never ends and never fails, that doesn't break and shatter on the floor, a peace that can only come from Jesus. Let me pray for you today.